What's up, Will Gill? Man, we are back. Season 2, episode number, Mike Bibby 10. Ten. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it feels so good to be back. Uh, and this week, we are bouncing back with uh, Meek Mill, wins and losses. Mm-hmm. What a better person to bounce back with. Yeah, that's a, that's a true statement. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and if you guys are listening to us on Stitcher, I, uh, Google Play, what else are we on, Monte? Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. Yep. And uh, if you guys listen to us on iTunes, uh, make sure you guys drop a review for your boys. It really helps us out. It helps us grow. It helps us uh, try to get bigger. You know, we, we want to do some big things. And yeah. we need y'all help. So uh, if you guys listen to us on iTunes, make sure you drop a review. And uh, yeah, with that being that being said, let's go ahead and uh, get into this background check just in case nobody knows who this guy Meek Mill is. <laughs> let's go. Who does he think he is? I just told you who I thought I was. A god. I just told the you. god. Meek Mill coming mm. out of Philly. Mm. Meek Mill and his braids came up in battle rap. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and after battle rap, Meek uh, began to focus on his music career. He was dropping mixtapes that eventually caught the eye of T.I. Oh, okay. T- yeah, through T.I., uh, he was introduced to DJ Drama, and they did some tapes together. Mm. And uh, DJ Drama introduced him to Rick Ross. <laughs> and then in 2011, Meek Mill gets signed to Ross's label, Maybach Music. Damn. And, and since then, man, Meek's just been in the news. Yeah. Whether it's uh, fighting with label mate Wale. Mm. Hashtag Wale ain't MMG no more. <laughs> Getting arrested, having to tell a judge, having to tell a judge that he's not a gangster anymore. Yeah. Oh, damn! Us. I almost forgot about that. Holy yeah. shit! Can't forget <laughs> to uh, starting and losing a beef with uh, the Canada god Drake. Yeah. He's also dated Nicki Minaj and broke up with Nicki Minaj. He he broke up with her. Or she broke up with him. I'm pretty sure she broke up with him. <laughs> <laughs> Wins and losses, man. Yeah. But, hey, they dated. <laughs> Wins and losses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, on the way, man, he's even dropped some music. He dropped a Dream Chaser mixtape, which was fire. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty much that whole series, I think, is like his best body of work. Mm-hmm. He dropped his uh, debut album, Dreams and Nightmare, in 2012. He followed that up with Dreams Worth More Than Money. And so today, it's only right if we bounce back with his uh, third album, Wins and Losses. Yes, sir. <laughs> Avante the Pro, how are you feeling about Meek Mill or this Wins and Losses album getting into it? All right. Uh, Meek Mill's third album... I feel like every time I get into a Meek Mill album, I become less and less and less of a fan. And you notice how I said, you notice how I said that three times because he got three albums. So, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so well, I just want to say that like um, this is like really like the first time that ever really happened with a Meek Mill album. I just didn't really care. Normally, I know about the release dates, the lead singles. I have probably even seen a couple videos. 
But this time, nothing. It just was nothing. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's my loyalty to OVO. But I, I, when I think about it, I haven't played a Meek Mill song since Rico. So, <laughs> I don't know. And that's the one that Drake was on? Yep. yep Man, I think that, Montana Pro, you Mr. OVO crew. I thought I told you. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah, so going into this album, my the bar was just extremely low. So, I don't know. That's how I really felt about it. How about you, uh, Will Gill? What were you thinking? Yeah, uh... I'm definitely not the Drake lover out of us two, <laughs> but I would also uh, echo your sentiments and say I wasn't, I didn't feel any way when this thing dropped. Like I wasn't right? excited, but I was gonna peep it. You know, uh, Meek put out enough. I think just off the strength of his intro song, off yeah. the first album, it's like I'm always gonna try to give Meek a chance because that's possibly the greatest intro song of all time on yeah. uh, his first album. Yeah, and so just the fact that he has that potential in him at any time makes me want to check Meek. Mm-hmm. But uh, going into this album, I wasn't feeling any way about it. And uh, that's why the title Wins and Losses was so appropriate. It was like, I don't know which one it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> it's going to yeah, be a yeah. W or is it going to be an L? And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> with that being said, Vontae the Pro, yeah. this, this new album has 17 songs. It's about mm. an hour long. Let's get into our highlight record. Let's bow do it. down Just here in greatness. Well, they ain't never do what I do. They wish right, they man, could do what I do. Bow down to the greatness. And Vontae the Pro, do you want to take the lead with your uh, highlight record? Yes, sir. All right, so when I got into this album, uh, the first song that stood out to me a lot was track number eight, These Scars, featuring Future and Gordian Banks. Is that how I say it? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we cannot read. I- <laughs> you cannot read these goddamn names. Track number eight, everybody check out These Scars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah if, yeah, yeah. if you can't tell by the title of this song, Meek Mill has learned a lot, and he's, he's sharing his journey of life. Um, and... I just want to say, before I really even get into that, I just want to say, whoever made this beat, shout out to you. Um, yeah. I, I feel like this beat, I felt like it definitely sounds like someone who was playing like Mario Kart and was like on the Golden Star while he made this <laughs> beat. Like this shit is like, it's 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 dope. It's really dope. It's something to really listen to. Um, the beat just sounds like something that was kind of like out of the out of the 90s. Maybe it's a sample that's used in there. I'm not sure. But just going back to the song, great bars, strong delivery, a hell of a lot of passion I get on this song. Meek Mill has uh, lines like, no more rollies. I'm buying more properties. Young niggas watching me. I got to give them game properly. And, you know, moments, that's pretty much what this song is about. Talking about, like, all right, I need to grow up. I need to, I understand that people are really fucking with me on this level now and I need to be the example and be the role model so I really respect him for coming into that because I would never think Meek Mill would ever do something like this <laughs> and um, just just to go back more into the song Future he sounded like he was high off of Molly this whole, on this whole, on this whole verse oh man he killed his verse no fucking questions about it that yeah yeah like, like yeah. that whole little moment like I'm like oh okay okay um, so I really I really like this song overall this song gets five max for me uh, track number a great song what'd you think of it yeah i definitely uh i love that record i would say the gordon banks hook even though i'm fucking with everything he's saying yeah yeah for me it just sounds off like it sounds like it doesn't belong on that song like you don't think his singing 
it sounds good and the writing is good, but like uh with Meek's hard ass rapping, with mm-hmm. Future killing that shit just sounding hella high and then like Gordon Banks just sounds mad woke on the hook. It just <laughs> for me it sounds like a it feels like a disconnect. But uh yeah, I I, I agree with you. It's a good song and uh the future future been uh killing been killing the game for like the last three years. Yeah. I know that, but recently I feel like his features on albums have just been fire. Like I didn't think this guy had any more room to grow. Yeah. And man, but uh he's been hopping on these feet features and uh, showing his ass out. So uh pause and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's dope. All right, and, so uh, and uh the person that made the beat, shout out to Poppy Mitro. Mm. Papa Mitro, whatever his name is, and uh, yeah, shout out to you, fam. Yeah, <laughs> everybody, go Google that man. All right, yeah. <laughs> so, so Will Gill, after you got through wins and losses, what was your favorite song? All right, uh, if you guys want to play a game, <laughs> play a drinking game, I'm gonna say go ahead and take a shot now because uh, I'm gonna bring up track number five, 1942 flow. And if you don't know what the 1942 is, what's that? Google it and uh, get some tequila, man. <laughs> Man, I need to Google it right now. That's dope. Yeah. I need to know that. Yeah, but uh, track number five, 1942 flow. This isn't the most complicated song of all time, but it doesn't need to be. Mm. The song is just perfectly executed. It's honest. It's hard. And it's uplifting at the same time. And that's a hard balance to uh, pull off on record. Yeah. The first line of this song pretty much sums off sums up the whole record where he said uh started off poor with plans to earn more mm-hmm. now we own stores and fuck the baddest whores like this song is a rag to riches story yeah and what's, what separates this song from most rag to riches records is the amount of unpacking meek is doing on this song Mm. He has like an inner story where he's talking about uh, being called a failure in school and how that correlates to his passion in hip hop and like why his flow so aggressive. It also has like a big picture uh, take of the uh, of the world where he's talking about living in Trump's America and not being allowed to. Uh, not having that slow him down he also brings up like superstar issues when he's talking about dealing with people coming up to him want to talk about nikki <laughs> and uh all that and he's still hitting us with bars what he has this one line that's super nice where he says uh had to starve all day just to get it fast <laughs> so okay <laughs> and then uh the beat perfectly complements meek's writing allowing him to be the star on this record but it still got that boom bap that you could nod your head to. So 1942 flows. Go ahead and take a shot and then bump that. Oh, man. Most definitely. Man, I like that song a lot. Trek number five, 1942. Everything you said, you pretty much summed up a masterful song. Um, I, I feel like... I'm starting to like Meek Mill more and more after I hear songs like this. Yeah. You know I what I mean? And um, yep. I, I just think that the mature Meek is just dope. Uh, that's who I want. <laughs> <laughs> but Avante uh, the Pro, uh, I'm going to toss it back to you. Do you have one more highlight record? Yeah, I got one more highlight record, and um, so my first record was kind of on some uh, on some other shit. This is on some other shit. Like I kind of wanted to pick two different songs. Track number twelve is my second favorite. Glow up. Oh man, I like this song a lot. I feel like 
I feel like when Meek Mill wrote this song, this is like the first song Meek wrote after he broke up our after Nikki broke up with him. Like, uh, <laughs> he about to glow up on that ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like he's just right back in his bag. It's like, okay, you want, you want, you want this, you want this. I'm gonna give it to you. So yeah. I really fuck with this song a lot. Track number twelve is just simply amazing. Um, I feel like it has lead single written all over it. It's glossy, it's fun, it's aggressive, all at the same time. And I feel like um, Meek Mill, he just he finally realizes the only person that can protect him from his haters is a you. Jesus, but it's Jesus, <laughs> and I and I just love repeating the hook when he goes the Amen, Amen, Amen. Like I really like that. The hook is filled with uh, catchy ad libs, and I just can't help but to sing along with him. Um, there's the, the verses on here though; it doesn't hold a lot of substance. But Mix Mill is just flossing the whole time on this song, and w- pretty much if you paid attention to him after he got signed on the Maymac music, he'd been flossing. He's been flossing for three albums. So it's yeah. like, you know, like, I'm not expecting no more he can really show to me on this. But it's it's really dope. Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like he has a lot of good lines in here. Um, on his second verse, like, he has some of my uh, favorite parts when he says, Yeah, I ate that pussy. She lucky. Uh, I don't fuck her. She fuck me. And things like that are just like, that's just like, I'm a boss. Like, she, like yeah. you know what I mean? So in, moments like that I really enjoy. I Overall, I really do enjoy this song has a totality um i would definitely share it to everybody all my young bulls out there that want to go raw dog and get a chick's plan b track number, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, track number 12 glow up is for you <laughs> yeah 21 savage montana pro i see you man. Uh, i fuck with that record and, I, and uh i'm not surprised that you uh Pick that song to be your highlight record because that definitely sounds like a song that you listen to in the gym because mm. it has a good pace to it and uh like like I've said multiple times on this podcast, Vontae be in a gym. <laughs> All chest, no legs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. But uh, I love the record. It has good energy and a great pace to it. Dope, dope. All right. So um, I got my two out the way. Is there any more songs you want to talk about that, yeah. that stood out to you? Yeah, I got one more and then we can move on to like the general side of this pod. And All I right. want to hop into track number two, Heavy Heart. Mm, okay. And before I get into the song itself, I just want to say... I'm glad Meek fully embraced his emotional side because we all know Meek's an emotional dude. That's how trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. <laughs> but but I'm glad that he's like bringing it to his music now instead of just on social media. Yeah. Instr- instrumental on this uh on this song is like on a emotional gangster vibe. It has like hard hitting drums, but like has airy vocals mm-hmm. as like background noise. Meek is wearing like heavy heart on his sleeve on this song. Verse one, you can't help but to feel for the dude when he's talking about being backstabbed by a day one friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I won't say his name, but he's going to feel this shit in every bar. Yeah. Feel this shit in every verse. Was, gonna, uh, was it really worth it? Cut the grass on the snakes. They going to surface. Hmm. And it's like, ooh, I feel that. And then um, yeah. And then the trust issues just continue. Like on verse two, he says, I'm starting to hate this fame shit. Look at what it done to me. Seen half my niggas turn they back when rappers came for me. Verse mm. three, he says, they don't, they don't, uh, they want to see you back in the hood when you ain't got shit. It's like, damn, Meek, he's really <laughs> on some DJ Khaled. They don't want you to win shit on this song. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, shit. Uh, it seemed like his circle was too big and he had a lot of uh, fake friends around him smiling in his face. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it seemed like he had to cu- cut a couple people off and it helped mature him. 
But you could feel Meek's heavy heart on this track, so you gotta peep it. And shout out to LeBron James for bumping this song on Instagram moments after Kyrie said he didn't want to play basketball with him anymore. Oh, that, that's this song? <laughs> that's this song. And uh, uh, for that, uh, forever hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they don't love you no more. <laughs> yeah. How you feel about that, Montana Pro? Oh, man, I like that song. I really like it that it's... I like the placement a lot too. Like it's right into this album, track number two, and just like the production, that that large. It's like it's kind of like for me, it's like that Maybach music. Like this is like a Rick Ross type of beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so I really like that Meek Mill is getting everything off of his chest, and I felt like he's just like he's just like really throwing himself out there, being way more vulnerable, and that kind of like gives you an example of what the rest of this album is going to be. He's going to talk about a little bit more things. He's going to like boss up a little bit more and realize that who he is and also i feel like also like he's realizing who he is because like the streets like chewed him up and spit him out and you know how he's saying leaving him with this heavy heart and the streets will fuck your sister rip your mama you know what i mean like uh it it will it it, it will fuck you over and i just felt like he's just saying that this is what the streets really do to you and i I really like that song a lot fonte the pro man I hope he gets some after this podcast, man. First, you're talking about fucking, taking the plan B, <laughs> then smashing the moms, smashing the sisters. Montana Pro, I hope you get it in, my dude. <laughs> but after and I then, take that 1942. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all that, though, I think it's a appropriate time for us to switch over to the general side of this pot. Okay. This is special cloth alone. Uh-huh. All right, man, we got uh, 17 tracks. I feel like there's some good special cloth on here. Montana Pro, you've been taking the lead, so I'm going to kind of start off this discussion on the general side. All right, what's up? And uh, I'm going to say this, because me, through everything, all the losses he took on the way to this album, <laughs> one thing people kept giving me credit for was like, you know, at the end of the day, he is a pretty good rapper. Yeah. And like if you pay attention, people would even tell you that Meek kind of won the battle against Drake. Ooh. It's just Drake had the huge records that like you just talking can't about compete bar for with bar? Him. Bar for bar that oh, Meek, okay. Meek beat Drake bar for bar, but uh Drake's just a superstar. Yeah, and timing uh, too, timing too. Yeah, yeah, the timing did a big thing. But uh I I say all that to say, what track are you most impressed with uh Meek's rapping on this album? Oh man! Besides the song that the songs that we talked about already, yeah, outside of our highlight records. But if you want to rank them, go ahead. You could bring your uh, highlights in. Um. Well, I just felt like the two that go through my mind right away was Heavy Heart. That was like the very first one, and I. Um. Then the other one was um the one with the the dream. Uh, yeah, track, Young Black America. Yeah, track thirteen. I felt like that song was a uh, pretty pretty dope. Um. I like the sample that he used on there, the Jay Z sample, and just uh just. That ain't a sample player. That's the whole beat. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a sample. That not, is the beat from the They not sampling album. no more? <laughs> nah, they just taking beats. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I fuck with that song overall. I mean, like, it's just like really like a, like a black child in America growing up. And I, I feel like... I feel like this song is very... It touches me. Like, I, I, I like this song a lot. And I feel like the way he delivered it is that it can touch other people, too. And maybe understand their story. And, you know, um, it's, it's just... It, that was, like, the best... Some of the best songwriting I got from Meek Mill. What about you? What you think? Yeah, I agree with you. And just to, like, expand on what you're saying about, like, Young Black America. When I first heard that uh, Jay-Z instrumental, I said, man... This better not be one of the Meek Mill losses. No. You know, this is 
that beat's been through a lot, you know. Uh, Mama <laughs> love me, you know. Yeah. That's Jay Z's opening line for that song. So it's like you gotta come correct when uh, yeah. you come at this beat. And the man delivered when he was writing about uh, systematic racism and how it pushes like young men in the hood to turn to crime. That mm-hmm. crime eventually leads to jail time. Being in jail or prison is like the new form of slavery. That's mm-hmm. why we get the bar where he said. Slaves in the 40s, still slaves in the present, like everything correlates. Mm. And the song just has some of the realest lines on the album when he says, uh, they told us if we go to jail, we'll be respected. And anybody that grew up in the hood kind of knows that kind of mindset where people be like, oh, all the real ones are all locked up. Yeah. And then, and he's always hitting us with bars when I hear him say, uh, always, oh, when uh, he was talking about bro going to jail. Mm-hmm. And then talking about uh, he wished he was snitching and he had this one line that really hit hard where he said, always post it on the gram, but they ain't sending pictures. They yeah. never answer when you call, but answer for them for the bitches. bitches. Yeah. Got you thinking twice. Maybe you should have been a witness. Like, man, that shit is real gut-wrenching bars from Meek and uh, Young Black America. And I, I co-sign with you, man. That songwriting, I think, is the best I've ever heard from Meek Mill uh, yeah. on one song. Super authentic. And also, before we... Before we uh, go to another song, The Dream, The Dream, oh my gosh, vocally sounded amazing, the performance was like unmatched, it, it, it was crazy because I felt like it was well thought out, because the tone from Meek Mill to The Dream is just like flawless, it just okay. goes, in, it goes in really smooth, and I felt like it just like elevated at that moment, and it was like a moment when I was like, wait, 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 is Meek Mill singing? Like, what, what was this, you know? <laughs> that's, 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 that's what I thought, so I don't want to go past that. Just real quick. I yes. disagree with you. I wish oh. the song would have just ended after Beak's writing. I, I, I don't like the dream singing. I think it sounds good, but like I felt like the record was so profound mm. that I wish it just stopped and not went into the dream and just kind of let us hang on that. Mm. But now that I'm looking at the track list, uh, Young Black America is track number 13. Yeah. And uh, track number 14 The song that follows it Is Open Which is talking about Fucking some uh, Your old lady So yeah, I guess yeah. it, it makes sense Why the dream Kind of has to be there To give us a little space From talking about Systematic Systematic <laughs> racism To busting it open On the next song <laughs> So <laughs> It makes sense But uh, Me personally I felt like the song Would be more profound With just Meeks rapping Dang That's, that's cool I feel like it I honestly feel like I respect that But I feel like Having the dream feature makes it sound like an album, an album cut. If you yeah, don't put the, if you don't put the dream on there, it's just a mixtape, and that's fine. You put this on Dream Chasers mixtape, but an album, that's what I feel like. That's yeah, the secret, I feel that. That could be the secret sauce. But um, all right, so there's more songs to talk about. Uh, what else you want to talk about on this album? All right, Monte the Pro. Yep. You team light skin. <laughs> you Mr. Cupcake, no feeling himself. That's me. <laughs> so you're the perfect. You're the perfect person to ask this question to. What's the best song to bump with your girl? Here's your options. What's up? You got Whatever You Need featuring Chris Brown and Ty Dollar Sign. You have <laughs> Open featuring Verse Simmons. And you have Fall Through. Which record are you bumping with your old lady? Oh, the the song that I think I'm going to get some pussy to? Yeah. Uh, fall Through for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was hoping you would go another route so I could kind of explain, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like just the, I mean, like the open song is kind of like I'm just getting some pussy for tonight, and I feel like the uh, whatever you need is kind of like 
I don't, I don't know. That's not really for me. That's not what I'm really fucking with. But fall through. That sounds like that sounds like Nicki was supposed to be on that song. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, I like that song a lot. Yeah, fall through with uh, the opening line that says, "Sad to say, I love you." And I was like, <laughs> okay, somebody's in touch with their feelings on this song. Yeah. And uh, fall through to me is like the musical embodiment of the dog filter. Uh, uh, on uh, Snapchat, like those this two is, yeah. things are the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> They're both thirst traps. Yeah, I'm su- through in a dog filter on uh, Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty sure somebody has had the dog filter on and sung karaoke to the song and sent it. <laughs> and sent it. Yeah. Oh man, but I, I I fuck with that song a lot. Light skin, you know what I mean? I guess it's one of those cuts for me. All right. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about some other songs since we went from um <clears throat> some uh, smooth sexy stuff. I want to talk about some um some turn up songs. Okay. What song? I want to ask you the same question you asked me last episode. What song do you think it has the most turned up vibe to you? Because, you know, like, there's a lot of turn up on this album. But which one do you think is, like, goes up every time? Hmm. If I had to pick <laughs> one. Honestly, outside of um, one year highlight records glow up, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm really turning up to any of these records. I just feel like it's just, like, aggressive rapping. But, like, I'm, I'm not turning up to it, but it's just, like... I don't think there's real any like songs you hear in the club outside of Glow Up. Would you think, would you say something different? Oh uh, yeah. Uh the one that I was I was kinda like alluding to is uh track number three, Fuck That Checkup. Um Oh I, yeah, with the Lucy Lil Uzi Vert, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you, it, anytime we see Lil Uzi Vert, like you can only imagine this is probably the club song. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I um I think that that's what it is. I, I it's a whole lot of it's just it's a whole lot of fluff to it, but just the beat, the fuck that chick up. And then the little Uzi verse, like, the way he delivered his, his verse, it kind of like, it, it sounded like he, you know, had some shit to say at this time. Not, like, too much, but, like, normally, like, Lil Uzi been writing, like, four bars and just been repeating it. Yeah. But it sounded like yeah, this time yeah, he did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like this time he did, like, an eight bar. He, he put a little bit more, a little more sauce into it, but overall, like, fuck that chick up. That's the song that I'm going to play either on the way to the club or at the club. That night, actually, all together. <laughs> word, word, word. Uh, do you have anything more you want to talk about on general? I have one more thing we could talk about, and then outside of that, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you, because I don't want to go to the negative side and not talk about your guy, Young Thug. I wanted to ask you about track number seven, We Ball. Oh, thank you for bringing up my man, Young Thug. <laughs> I'm going to move on, but I want to say that song, We Ball, is uh, solid as fuck. Uh, it's... The shit that they talking about is real as fuck. Uh, when Young Thug's opening lines, I, I believe, was something like, uh, I saw the murder of my dog on the tape, made me throw up everything I ever ate. Like, you really feel it. And yeah. uh, when uh, Meek's talking about um, Lil Snoop, like, everything's super real. And uh, that track, I just think to sum it up, is uh, super authentic. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. There's kind of like no more else I could really say to it, honestly. But I just really like the passion, and um, I just really like it. Really sounds like they lost somebody when this song comes on. Yeah. And um, so before we move out, I got one more thing. Yeah, what's up? So Meek is always known for uh, intros. So I think it's only right if oh, we kind of compare yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his intro. So all dreams, dreams and nightmares. The intro is just called intro, but that's the fire one. The one everybody knows that be bumping yeah. in the club till today. That's the one, not the two. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much that's the one. And then the second one is uh, Lord Knows and Wins and Losses. So pretty much, would, do you prefer this track, Wins and Losses, or would you rather bump the intro track from his second album, uh, Lord Knows, which is actually featuring Tory Lanez? Um, I... Mm. Good question. I haven't heard that last one, but honestly, like I wasn't really that impressed. Like when I heard, I'm gonna pick this one: wins and losses. The reason being is because when I heard Lord knows, I felt like there's parts like there's like the clips I seen on Instagram when it was like a little trailer to this song or a trailer to the music video. Like that minute was cool, but I felt like the song isn't. It didn't. It didn't push me like the way that these songs push me. Like I don't know if it's because like we get this yelling coming in, talking about being obsessed with a dream, and and then just like Meek Mill really like saying like what this album, what the fuck is going on? Like, and I felt like Lord knows was it, it just had cool moments, but this wins and losses was just better. Oh, I, I definitely disagree. What I think, yeah, this was like the first time where I heard like an intro song from Meek and was like, uh, when I heard Lord Knows, that shit was fire. Mm. And like, uh, and then just the fact that it features Tory Lanez is pretty tight, you know, because Drake. Well, well, I feel like with that one, I feel like it's, it's a little bit cheating. They got Tory Lanez on it. So I felt like I respected like the first one and this third one, it was just Meek. It was just yeah. me. And then I felt like that's what made it a difference because, like, when you think about the beat on the last one, and the Lord knows, nigga, Lord knows, nigga, Lord knows, like, that moment is pretty amazing, but Meek Mill's not doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I felt like I personally picked wins and losses, and I felt like it was like, this should have been the second one. That's how I felt like. I don't know. Okay. I, really, I really fuck with that. So um, you got anything else you want to talk about on this album or any other general ideas? Uh, yeah, while we're talking about intro, I want to say the last two songs on the album, Made It From Nothing and Price. Uh, I felt like really closed the album out strong. It felt like uh, those two songs was kind of like Meek's victory lap after a pretty solid album. I agree. I agree. Well said. I don't have anything else to say about this album. Ready, Me neither. Ready to get, <laughs> ready to get to the, besides the negative shit we're about to get into. Uh, you ready? Let's get into the losses. No, no, because I don't fuck with nobody. Let's go. Yeah, I don't fuck with nobody, like at all. Nobody. So. Yes, sir. It's very sweet. All right, Montana Pro, uh... There's some shit I'm not fucking with. You've been taking the lead, so I'm going to go ahead and take the lead on this one. <laughs> well, well, all right, so talk, let's talk about some losses. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to get into track number 15, Ball Player. Oh. I hate to say it because it's not Meek's fault that this uh, song sucks. What, what, what don't you like about the song? One, the instrumental is super noisy. The only time you could play this is if like you're trying to turn up. And honestly, the the writing on the song is pretty confusing. Like I don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. They're like all their uh, writing is all over the place. At one time they're turning up, another time they are uh, gangsters and they popping fools. And then like the song's called Ball Player, so I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so like, the, so the song itself is just kind of confusing. Yeah. And on, um. And on our French episode, the last episode, I said Quavo needs to slow down because I'm starting to get Quavo fatigue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has a verse or two on every album this year. And mm. he ain't doing anything new. So guess what, Vontae the Pro? What's up? I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> I, I had enough Quavo, drug dealer, drug dealer made rich bars. The hook he laced on this uh, track was garbage. 
the line uh, feeling like Blue's Clues. Here come the mail. I, I want to yell. yell. Uh, awful. Is in the running for worst bar of the year. Congratulations, Quavo. You played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Quavo's, ver- Quavo's verse is the same verse he spits on every song. Got dope. Ad libs, got ice. Ad libs, got sh- got the shooter. Ad libs, mama, cool. And it's, the same, <laughs> it's the same old choppy flow. And you know what? Migos is supposed to drop another album this year. Yeah. And I don't know what the fuck more does Quavo have to say. <laughs> and the answer is not much, uh, according to all these features he's doing. But oh, uh, yeah, track fifteen, worst song on the album. And then, honestly, it's all Quavo's fault. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Baldy, uh, you think I'm out of line onto the pro? How no, you feel no, about track 15? I, I respect everything you said because, like, that song is so hard to follow. I've had the same as um, I had the same exact experience as you. Like, I'm listening to the song and I don't know what direction I'm going. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're trying to really do, especially with the blues clues. I want to. Yeah, I feel like. I felt like he like, just. What is coming in the mail? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm so lost when when this record comes in. Also, the beat how it comes in kind of like weird and it's kind of not really enjoyable. Like, so I know what you mean by the noisy sound. And I just feel like overall, we need more flavor. And this this song don't got no flavor. So yeah, that's what I feel. It, it just has Quavo. Quavo's the flavor, but Quavo's been giving us the same flavor. Eventually, this motherfucker about to turn into Top Ramen. <laughs> that shit should get old real quick. Oh, <laughs> uh, oodles and noodles. Yeah, uh, but uh, Montana Pro, uh, there's 17 tracks. You want to hop into your uh, whatever you dislike it on here? All right, man. You brought up a real good point with Ball Player, but I'm going to say that's the second worst song for me. The first worst song for me, man, uh, Whenever You Need Me featuring Chris Brown, Ty Dollar Sign. I hate that yeah, song. I feel it. I hate yeah, that I song. Feel it. I, I hate that song. I the, okay. So I kind of thought this song was a joke the first time I heard it. The very first time I ever heard this instrumental, there was another artist on it, and it was all over the radio. It was two chains was on it. Um, I even looked it up. The artist was like DJ Nuke Nasty, something like that. Um, <laughs> it was. It's a weird name, but you heard the record before. It, it was on the way. OTW. If you look it up, the, the record is still out there. It was so catchy, so enjoyable. It was really like. They played it on the radio all the time. It was in my head. And then out of nowhere, the reason why I thought that that was a, I'm hearing another song with, with like somebody else on it and it's Meek Mill. So I felt like Meek Mill did the same thing. He's what, what, for, what uh, Safari. He just he pulled up on him and they took the beat. <laughs> and, and, and I felt like overall, I'm not fucking with that. I felt like leave Safari alone. Let this nigga keep this song. So I didn't like that. And also because like they didn't do anything better. I felt like this is like. He turned in the album. Rick Ross was like, this is dope, but you're going to have another uh, Dreams and Nightmares. Uh, you, what you want to do? You want to do something bigger? We need a single. So, oh, okay, let me go call Chris Brown and fucking Ty yeah. Dolla Sign. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I can't explain it any better. I really hate that song for, like to the core of me. I really, really hate that song. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it just sounds like two midgets arguing. It's just awful. It's, it's bad. I- I personally don't hate it. I I don't think it's terrible, but I don't ever want to listen to it. I don't hate it, but I don't ever want to listen to it. To me, it's like such a shameless attempt to be the single. Yeah. And uh, pretty much for like the last three years, every song Chris Brown's been featured on all sound the same to me. Like it's like the mm-hmm. same song over and over whenever it features Chris Brown. Yeah. And Ty Dolla Sign, man. Stop it. Slow down, man. Stop it. Stop trying to... I know you got that dollar sign in your name and you trying to... uh 
cash in every check you can, but let's try to be creative every now and then, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So I agree with you. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm happy you're not fucking with that song. What's your rating? All right. This? Uh, this album, I think, is appropriately titled Wins and Losses because I feel like it's kind of just like a good ride. Like, not every track is the greatest track in the world that I've heard, but it's consistently delivering. Mm. And so I'll give this album a C plus Meek Mill. Uh, Came back from the dead and uh, shout out to you, Meek. C plus, very solid album all mm. the way through. All and, right, and I, I, let me add this: I was super surprised to hear Meek like super Twitter woke on this album. Like, yeah, this fool been searching hashtag woke while he's prepping his album or something because like his writing completely changed, which shocked me, mm-hmm. especially when he has like lines where he says. Uh, I, they told you to pop mollies. I told you to be kings. I'm like, okay, woo, woo, Meek. Yeah, I see you, man. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, it's C plus, but I do appreciate the growth from Meek, and uh, I'm checking for him again. How about you, Von City Pro? What's your rating for this album? Oh man, when we rated his uh, the Dream Chaser Four, I gave that a C plus. I said he came back strong, and I enjoyed majority of the album. I feel like on this one, he had a lot more wins than losses for me. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a B minus. I really enjoy this. I felt like um, I'm going to steal this from Rick Ross. He said this is his best album to date, and I totally agree with that statement. Um, I just want to give a shout out to my homie Nate. Uh, Meek, I asked him, I said, from A to F, what do you give it? And he said, man, he's going to give it an A minus, B plus. Meek found his Dragon Balls and brought himself back to life with that album. So (laughs) (laughs) I I, want to say there's no better, no, there's no other way to say it than that. Man, it's a great album. B minus. Word, word, word. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. That's solid all the way through. Uh, Vontae Pro, do you have a closing question? Are you ready to get out of here? Um, No, I'm I'm good. No closing questions over here. Definitely. Let's do it. If you guys want to let us know how you guys feel about Meek Mill's new album, Wins and Losses, uh, let us know what you guys think. You guys can find us on Twitter at HHR underscore pod. Uh-huh. We hashtag team follow back over here. So if you fuck with us, we, we fuck, fuck with, with you, you all day. <laughs> and you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Google Play. And you can find us on iTunes. If you listen to us on iTunes, it comes with a responsibility. You have to drop a review. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and if you just want to find us, just search Hip Hop Review Podcast. Uh, just Google it. We everywhere. Yes, sir. Well said, Will Gill. Well said. <laughs> but as always, I am Vontae the Pro, and I'm kicking it with my homie, Will Gill. And this is the Hip Hop Review Podcast, and God damn, we changing the podcast game. Another one. <laughs>